0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Small Town Tourist Podcast, where we experience and explore everything that makes small towns great. I'm your host, Abby, and today's episode was inspired by a sign that I saw on the side of Highway 10 in Royalton, Minnesota, at the stoplight. If you've ever traveled through Royalton, you know exactly what stoplight I'm talking about because there is only one. <laughs> the sign was for the Minnesota Prepper Expo, which is something I had never heard of before. Come to find out, it's because it's the first year that this has happened, but it is an expo that's being put on in Little Falls this summer. Just focusing on emergency preparedness and being literally ready for anything that could happen in this world. It's being put on by a great group of people. Troy is the guy who's in charge of it, and we actually have Troy on the phone. We're going to talk to him all about the Minnesota Prepper Expo. If you have any questions beyond what the podcast covers today, you can always reach out to Troy. All of his contact information is waiting for you at mnprepperexpo.com. It's right on the contact page. Super easy to find. Please enjoy our time hanging out with Troy. Roy, he's in charge of the Minnesota Proper Expo coming to Little Falls. So come on home, claim your throne when life gets you down. It's nice to know there's somewhere to go when folks we care about you. We can't give you the world, but we'll give you ground. Cause you're the queen of our hometown. So we will start this out. I will have you give me your name where you're from, and what you do.
1: Okie doke. Well, I'm Troy McKinley, and I live in Duluth, Minnesota, just north of there. And I do dirt work during the summer. And uh, my wife is an RN up at the uh, Tua Harbors Hospital.
0: And you're also in charge of the Minnesota Prepper Expo, which is why we're talking today. Yep. So I was coming home from my lake place and we were at the stoplight in Royalton on Highway 10 and we saw a big sign that said MN Prepper Expo. It had all the information on it and I snapped a, snapped a picture of it. I'm like, I need to figure out what this is because I've never heard of this before. And luckily you were kind enough to get back to me and wanted to be on the podcast. So we're going to be talking about it.
1: Yeah, that was Scotty's bar. He's uh, I've got him as a sponsor for letting us put that sign there. It was pretty awesome.
0: Well, and it's a perfect spot, especially this time of year, because the traffic coming through is just insane.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and he's got great burgers, by the way. So,
0: Oh, good to know. Might have to stop for one. Yeah, it's a good spot. Awesome. So tell me a little bit more about the Minnesota Prepper Expo.
1: Well, it's uh, June 30th, July 1st, July 2nd at the Morrison County Fairgrounds. They're in Little Falls, and we've got people camping out for three days. Lots of uh, speakers coming. I've got a great rock band playing Saturday night from 7 till 11. The lead guitar player plans on walking around to the bonfires Friday and Sunday playing guitar, wearing a zombie costume, entertaining people.
0: That is so so perfect.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Lots of food that's going to be there. Uh, We've got breakfast from 7 till uh, 10 in the morning. All you can eat pancakes, and that's mostly for the people camping out and vendors getting there early and so forth. But... The uh, show starts at 10 o'clock on Friday and 9 o'clock on Saturday morning and I believe 9 o'clock on Sunday morning as well. So, yeah, it's just a bunch of people getting together to share information and talk about uh, getting ready for things that might happen to us. So
0: Now I'm learning more about it. You're labeled as an expo, but honestly, this kind of sounds like a fun festival that you would go to in the summer.
1: Well, yeah, you know, people talk about prepping and normally you prep for things that are not so much fun. You know, you don't want to be all bummed out about it, so <laughs> you might as well make fun of it and enjoy it.
0: Well, it sounds like you got a great plan for the fun. So how did you get involved with this expo? How, how did your role come about?
1: Well, if you want to go back to where it really started, we went out to Williston, North Dakota, the, the uh, beginning of this last oil boom. We had a snowstorm. It was April 29th, and it started raining that day. And I could have mowed the grass before it started raining, but the temperature dropped down just a few degrees and the winds got pretty high and the rain turned to snow, wet snow, and it took down all the power lines in the area. That was about 11 o'clock at night, but by 7 o'clock the next evening, we had seven, eight foot drifts off the house and four feet of snow on the level. I had a little generator, which we're lucky to have at the time, and just sat there in the house and and, uh, watched TV and and, uh, hung out for a few days until the roads got cleared out enough so you can get out. But in the meantime, everybody's phone still worked. And word got out that these people, there was guys that broke the windows out of the two bigger grocery stores. And then we had a super Walmart, but they kind of left that one alone. And because we had so many young guys working in an oil field there in North Dakota that came from New Mexico, Texas, Arizona, California, places like that, and never seen anything like this before the weather like that. So they panicked. They broke the windows out of the grocery stores. They went in and cleared the shelves off of bottled water batteries, uh, canned goods and stuff, and I kind of, I was kind of in shock. I couldn't believe it. So when I was able to get out and uh, down the road, I went to one of the grocery stores because we were out of eggs just to see for myself, and sure enough, I mean, it was unbelievable how empty the stores were just from, you know, this, this storm. And a few days later, enough snow had already melted that I, I found my lawnmower sticking out of a snowdrift and fired it up on the first pole and mowed the grass around the snowdrift <laughs> just to say I, I, I did it. And then, yeah, I opened up the one closet and I put four cases of bottled water as soon as I could in there. And I put a big pack of toilet paper on the top shelf and made sure that my two 20 pound propane bottles for my gas grill outside, made sure that one of those was always kept full. And because I just thought, man, I'm, you know, I'll never get myself to a point where I don't have some extra stuff around. And then I started researching a little bit and learned about solar flaring and things like that. So. In 1859, we had a solar flare that fried out the telegraph system worldwide. They call it the Carrington event. Right now, with what's going on between the the sun and Earth, our, our shield is now weakened. They figured over 25% over the last 25 years, uh, which protects us from solar flares and asteroids and things like that. So, in other words, a flare, half the strength of the one in 1859, is more than enough to shut us down. And by that, I mean transportation, communications, our, all our power and everything goes out. And that can be really bad. So anyways, I, I got a little more serious about being more prepared since then. And uh, lately I kicked it into an, an even higher gear yet. I bought a large freeze dryer and I'm freeze drying food as fast as I can because that stuff's good for 30 years and it's lightweight and it retains 95% of its food value and its flavor yet. so
0: Well, and what a good skill well, to have too.
1: Yeah. yeah but, I mean, you can always eat up through the groceries. It's not like any of it's going to go to waste. And the other thing is we, the way food prices are going up, Buy it now while it's, you know, while you can at the price that it's at. And it's, you know, prices ain't going to go down, I don't believe. So,
0: yeah, that's for sure. That's crazy that it just took that one situation where you were you were more prepared than most, but you still kicked it up a notch. And you're like, hey, I am not going to be that guy that's kicking in windows to get bottled water. It's very yeah, smart exactly. of you to be prepared. Well, thanks.
1: But, yeah, it was just really shocking, and it's kind of interesting when you talk to others uh, that are prepping and so forth. You, you get to, in a conversation, you say, so uh, what was your uh, your aha moment, you know? What what got you going? And it's interesting hearing the different stories. Yeah, and uh, it's, you know, up there in, in Canada, what was it, over a million homes lost power for over a week up there? And that was due from a solar storm from the sun. Oh. So, this stuff does happen and it's going to happen. Matter of fact, NASA is predicting that uh, we got 10, 15 years left, you know, if we're lucky, before we get hit with a large solar flare that'll shut everything down.
0: That's insane that that's what they're saying is ten to fifteen years, and I feel like so I'm I'm not a prepper, but I do like to be prepared for everything. So like when COVID uh-huh. came around and hit, I was stocked up on toilet paper. I was not one of those oh, yeah. people scrambling to buy it, and I think it comes yep. with like growing up in a small town and having that kind of Midwest mindset. I just want to have enough where I'm going to be comfortable in case something does happen.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, actually, when COVID hit and everybody is scrambling for the toilet paper. I so badly wanted to go on Facebook and said to all my friends and family out there who thought it was funny that I was prepping, look who's laughing now. <laughs> <balls."> <laughs> oh,
0: that's for sure. <laughs> so
1: I've, I've got enough toilet paper to last me a while, you know, I've been stocked up for a while. Yeah, my wife says, don't you dare put that on there. But no, so it's uh, this stuff is going to happen. I mean, And it's just science. I mean, it's not conspiracies or anything like that. It's happened before. It's going to happen again. And it's more than likely going to happen soon. And this could happen any day. It wasn't too long ago. We just had a flare fire out from the sun. It was 180 degrees away from us. But the plume of it was so big around the sun that we know it was at least the size of the quarantine event, if not much larger. Oh, wow. We were able to measure the speed of it. And the normal flare, the average flare, takes three, four days to hit the Earth. So we get a bit of a heads up, hopefully.
0: Okay. Just got to be paying attention to NASA.
1: That one? Would have hit us in less than two hours. It's the fastest one ever recorded. We had, we wouldn't have we would have been here, and we had no warning whatsoever. Oh my gosh! Snap, snap of your fingers, and everything is turned off. Wow. So. 2012. We missed a flare by five days that if the Earth would have been five days behind in its orbit around the sun, we'd have been taken out by a large flare. I mean, it would have easily done us in. Uh, worldwide. I mean, we're not talking regional. This is worldwide.
0: Yeah, this so. doesn't just affect the United States. It affects everyone on this planet.
1: Yep. And I, and I don't like going into conspiracy stuff a whole lot, but there's all kinds of it out there. But my keynote speaker is flying in from Colorado Springs. That's Ben Davidson, head of Suspicious Observers. I've been following the guy for over 10 years now. He's been doing this for about 12. He graduated high school, had a law degree at the top of his class in like three years. Monsanto Foods, I believe, uh, recruited him and uh, offered him you know, some pretty good money. And he went to work for them and he was fascinated with how they used electromagnetic uh, energy for gene splicing he's fascinated by that but when he saw what they're doing our foods he quit after only working there for a couple months and so he started researching electromagnetic energy which led him to the sun and so he started this youtube uh, channel suspiciousobservers.org but it's on youtube like i said and given a weather report on the sun and the earth and its interactions and it was real fascinating when i started watching back then because i knew about solar flaring and, and the quarantine event and so forth but, you know, as time went on, we went into a bit of a solar minimum with the sun, and and I got a little bored with it, and I got busy with other things. So I kind of put it on the back burner for a bit, but then it would still pop up on YouTube. But he started saying, hey, if you haven't already, you should go back and watch my mini disaster series that I just did. And so one day I thought, all right, I got a little time. I'll, I'll bite. I'll I'll take a look at it. And I watched that, and I am like, oh, crap. Okay. This is other things that they've learned more recently. It's about the rotation of the earth and that's coming as well. And uh, the earth rotates 90 degrees. It does it fairly suddenly, not over years, but in hours. So Ben is working with a dozen NASA scientists, over 200 professors and scientists from around the world. He's published a couple books that are about as peer-reviewed as you're going to get. And he's no joke. I went to Colorado Springs and investigated the guy. He didn't know I was coming. (laughs) We went 500 miles out of our way on our way to Arizona for a family get-together. And I took two days of our trip just to go to Colorado Springs and. And check him out and not expecting to even get to talk to him or anything. But I ended up getting to spend an hour with him the first day and about an hour the second day. After we left, I told my wife, I said, You know, I I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't have a photographic memory just the way he talks and stuff. She goes, Yeah, no, I agree with that. Well, recently he came out and he's, he, I, I don't know what the term is, but he admitted that, yes, he does have a photographic memory and, and he's also a true speed reader.
0: Wow. So
1: when I went out there, I was really hoping to find that he was wearing some kind of of uh jonestown cult thing and that he was full of crap but he's not <laughs> oh. and i uh, i don't know how old he is he's 35 40 years old roughly but yeah just a much smarter guy than i originally thought he was he he wakes up every morning and goes through every science journal article that comes out as fast as you, could, as you could turn the page he's absorbing it and picking it apart so he's continuing to give a weather report every morning on the sun and stuff but he talks about what papers are good and which ones were bad but after a while that when he started this, he caught the attention of other scientists. And, and uh, they basically said, hey, we got to get together and talk about this stuff. And he said, sure. So that turned into a yearly convention. And, and uh, then it turned into every six months. And then COVID hit and they kind of shut it down. And he says, well, at this point, why even bother? We know this stuff is coming. The science is all ba- is backing it all up. There's not a whole lot of argument or question about it anymore.
0: Yeah, it's hard to argue so, with straight facts.
1: Yeah, it's very, very unfortunate. I wanted to go retire and live on a boat in the country of Panama. But when the earth suddenly turns 90 degrees, Panama disappears.
0: Ooh. <laughs>
1: China and Indonesia disappears. And this happens like clockwork every 6,000 years. Albert Einstein even knew about this. He knew it took a huge burst of energy to cause the earth to suddenly turn. And he went to his grave trying to figure it out, but he's looking internally instead of externally, you know, more like at the super volcanoes and things like this. He wasn't looking at the sun, the new James Webb telescope they put up. That's been up there operating for, I don't know what, five, six months, maybe Yeah. the stuff they're learning with that every day is staggering. And it's proven this stuff as to what's happening. And I'm not a scientist. And so don't, Take everything I say as verbatim as or whatever. But yeah, basically, we've entered into an area of space. They're calling it, I believe, the gal- uh, galactic sheet, which is full of energy and dust particles. The other three galaxies nearest us, or, or I prefer to call them solar systems, uh, because we're all part of a much larger system. But these other three nearest us have entered into that, into that area of space before we did. And their suns, they can see clearly, one after another, produce micronova, micronova, micronova. And a micronova on the sun is like one large solar flare. The entire surface blows outward pretty much. Wow. You know, 99% of it returns back to the sun, but part of it continues on. Our sun is next. Supposedly, they're already measuring the dust buildup in the outer atmosphere of the sun and the corona. Supposedly, if, if I got this right, the sun's going to be dimming down a little bit. And we may not even notice it over the next years. But... After the peaking of the meta- magnetic pole reversal, which is happening right now, they figure within a year or two, no more than 10 years, it sounds like, the sun's going to produce a micronova, which is going to be the major cause of the Earth turning 90 degrees. Wow. Yeah. So a wall of water will come up through the from the Gulf on up through our continent, out Canada. They now figure the Earth does this in less than 72 hours from start to stop. So the Earth stops, that wall of water... That went through will slosh backwards. Not quite as much uh, volume, but the waves stand up much higher as it comes back on through. They're talking two mile high tsunamis hitting the west coast. You know, the Valley of Phoenix, that was an ocean. It's all aquatic fossils there. Right. So, the waters came through the mountain passes and everything and flooded that valley, and it took forever for it to, to drain back out, basically. But So, they kind of have a, an area narrowed down from the uh, the border of Mexico to the lower half of Wyoming, and, and that area is about 175 miles wide. It's what I guess at, looking at, at the drawings and the maps and stuff. And Colorado Springs is in kind of the center of it. Wow. And that's why why Ben moved his family there. So. Yeah, so we we plan on relocating in the next <laughs> year or two, because <laughs> uh, and and when I was talking to Ben when I first met him, I even said, well, you know, we got these hills in northern Minnesota there, and I want some property up there and stuff. I said they're about 1,700 feet high, and he goes, yeah, no, they're gone. I'm like, ah, oh, man. I Dang said, well, it. <laughs> what about? Yeah, I said, what what about the water in the Great Lakes? He says, they come right out of their basins. Really. Yeah, and it's just matter of fact with him, you know, the way he talks. He, yeah, he, he kind of reminds me of Elon Musk after you get talked with for a bit. And, you know, he kind of cocks his head to the side and gets this little grin. And to me, in the back of his head, he's probably saying, you dumb <laughs> <sh-,"> you know.
0: <laughs> he's <laughs> just too smart. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. When I first met him, I told him, I said, you know, I've been watching you for years. And when I first started following you, I said, I can understand about half of what you're talking about. I said, but over the years, you've gotten way smarter than I have it. I said, you need to start another YouTube channel for us dumb people. (laughs) And he just kind of chuckled. Oh, I'm sorry. And I said, no, Ben, it's not your fault. <laughs> you know, I said, you're not the first person I've talked to with a big brain like this. I said, I just appreciate you spending some time with me on it. And he goes, well, I should read this my book on it and everything. And I said, man, you know, I ain't got time for books. My wife says, oh, I'll read it. She's writing it all down.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, uh, he's got to do like a condensed version, like suspicious observers for dummies.
1: Yeah, that would be nice. But I've I've about him long enough that I get the gist of what he talks about still, even though I'm getting maybe 20% of the science that he's talking about nowadays. But so his presentation is called the ultimate prepared scenario. So he's going to be talking a bit about this stuff. Okay. So
0: very um, cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, and we sat down and had the talk, my wife and I, you know, do we, if you're going to prepare for these things that are coming, you need to get really serious. Otherwise, why even bother? You know, at least that's how I looked at it. So I told my wife you know i i had her watch this stuff we needed to think about it for a while and went back to her a couple weeks later and said us, so what do you think she says i'm still thinking i said okay give her another week and finally I said well you know we need to talk about this she says yeah yeah i know so i said well i figure we got three choices we can um, bury a head in the sand pretend it's not going to happen until it does and the neighbors come after our groceries and you know and shoot it out or worse things happen or bury a head in the sand pretend it's not going to happen until it does and, and i hate to say this but Eat a bullet so you don't have to go through all of it. Or door number three, decide you're going to survive it. Right. But again, if you're going to survive this, why spend the time and money if you're not seriously going to do it? Right. And and I am a bit of a procrastinator to a certain extent. And I don't know how many of us are out there feel this way, but I think most of us do that we wake up every morning thinking, I should be doing more. I should be getting more serious about this. You know, because uh, all the stuff we're learning through the science and so forth, None of it is saying, oh, no, sorry, we got this wrong. Everything is going to be OK. You don't have to worry about it now. You know, that James Webb telescope, the stuff that they're seeing and learning, it's just more and more stuff is coming out that's saying, yes, this does happen. It is going to happen. It is going to happen soon. you either ready for it or you're not. So,
0: In the short conversation we've had so far, my big concern has never been space, what's going to affect us out there. In high school, I was shown the movie Super Volcano about the caldera under Yellowstone exploding. And yeah, and
1: I guess that's not a threat anymore. Yeah, and, apparently and, and it's It never not. was. <laughs> it never was really. Well, it never really was a threat because they've now, with the new technologies and stuff, they're seeing deeper underneath the ground with all this. And. It's not part of a of a great big pool, I guess, and it's got enough venting that we really don't have to worry about it.
0: Oh my gosh! Well, that changes everything. I swear, like once, a t- yeah. once every time me and my dad hang out, we're always like cracking a joke about the super volcano getting us. So we're gonna have to change our tune. <laughs> sure.
1: Well, there are other volcanoes though on the west coast, uh, going up through Alaska. They do believe that these are gonna be a lot more active. As, as we get closer to the peak end of the magnetic reversal and, uh, and this other stuff. That's part of why that safe zone is where it's at, because it's uh, quite a ways away from volcanoes that they consider uh, potential dangers. Okay. But yeah, and I said, Ben does a video every day. And sometimes he does two, and some of these longer ones he's done. He, he talks about different areas and why and, and all of this stuff. And Ben, the, the scientists he's working with are not just astrophysicists and people like that. He's working with psychologists and and everything else. So there's so many things happening already from just our magnetic shield weakening like it is. For instance, and this is just a fun one, Northern Lights. You're not supposed to see red and pink northern lights. That's only happened a couple of times over the last 150 years, and that was during major solar storms on the sun. Oh, my
0: gosh. And I've seen them twice just this year.
1: Recently. Recently, they've become, yeah, you're seeing them. And that was during very minor solar storms on the sun. But the reason why we're seeing them is because our shield is so weak, those light particles are able to penetrate further in. Otherwise, we're only supposed to see the the purple, blues, and greens. But in the news, they show pictures and said, oh, look at the pretty colors.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's where my brain goes. I'm like, this is gorgeous. Yeah, I'm not thinking and, this is a sign of the end of times.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Ben's like, are you nuts? This is a bad sign, people. <laughs> this is not good. Oh. You're not supposed to see those pretty colors. So he said it should be all, all over every front page newspaper. You know. Once in a while, he gets a little riled up and... Lately, he's been doing these Q&A things in the afternoon, once or twice a week. When he does his morning weather report, a space weather news, he calls it, it's just him narrating stuff. But in the afternoons, he's actually sitting in front of the camera. He's got a computer off to the side, which you don't see because he's he's watching it and reading it. And the camera's in front of him showing his face. He took a little space in his house and made a little studio-type thing. But anyways... So he's sitting there reading all, of the, all these questions. I mean, he gets thousands of people on there fairly quickly, and they're chatting with each other and everything. And uh, every now and then, one of them will come on there and say something that really ticks him off. And to watch him go off on somebody, I mean, it's classic. <laughs> it's, it really <laughs> is. His deal is now is that he tells everybody, before you even try to talk to me, before you ask any questions, go watch my disaster series videos. If you go to suspiciousobservers.org, you can find you know all his videos on there and so forth, but he's got different series and he's got the disaster series recently he did condense them all into one 18 minute video but again my brain ain't big enough to really understand what he's talking about in that 18 minute video he tells everybody watch this stuff first before you come back at me he said you don't even belong watching this video right now if you haven't already done that
0: yeah you need like a base education before you jump in on those lives
1: yeah he says that you know he said you're treating everybody with a lack of respect because you haven't already done your homework the other people here have you're wasting all of our time by being on here so go away but every now and then he gets somebody that comes on and says well why would anybody even want to try to survive this if it's going to be so bad and he just goes off he's you know, get the F out of here. Just <laughs> grow a sack if you don't, you know, if you're not doing it for yourself, do it for your family. If you're not going to do it for them, get the hell out of here. <laughs> but he does it much more intelligently than I just did. But it's, <laughs> it's pretty funny. I mean, he just, he turns a little red and he says, yeah, sorry, I got a little salty there. But he's taking things pretty serious, to say the least. He talks about getting your body in shape. You know, he said, we're training for the Olympics. This is the, uh, the Super Bowl of survival. So he said, it's not just your body, but your mind. And I mean, like I said, he's worked with psychologists and stuff and showing the effects of things on the brain. Now, going back to the weakening magnetic shield, it's allowing more radiation to penetrate through. Radiation does a lot of different things, including changing DNA. I don't know how old you are or anything, but you look back over the last 20 years and people have not been getting nicer. They're getting nastier people are not being nicer to each other more and more people are just getting to be more cutthroat just not as kind to each other things like this there's
0: no sense of community anymore
1: no and that's huge people will say well yeah it's because of cell phones everybody's texting no there's a lot more than just that uh just to give you a micro example here large hospitals would normally put on an extra obstetrics nurse because during a full moon more babies are born. Mm -hmm. Animals, including humans, breathe like crazy during full moons. And so just the moon causing the the fluxing of our magnetic field around the earth is causing these things. It changes how people react to things and uh, how they act. So imagine what the sun's doing to us on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, there's so many external forces in our lives that affect us, but we don't realize that's what's getting to us.
1: Yep. They even said that when this stuff really starts getting, you know, during, looking back 12,000 years ago, at different extensions and so forth, they're now believing that some of it is just due to the sudden change in, in biology and the uh, uh, genetics from this stuff that some of them just, you know, it broke the uh, line of food chain. Okay. Some of it breaks the food chain because this stuff affects plankton. I mean, right down to molecular size, you know, animals and so forth.
0: Yeah, I suppose. And especially things like algae and plankton that feed off of the sun's energy. Right. That's their so only source it, of nutrition.
1: And if it changes their DNA and those things, you know, some of those things go extinct, that's the basis for food chains that just can't survive without them. Wow. And wild. Some of stuff. Oh, and here's kind of a fun one. They've always talked about the missing link. Well, now they're saying maybe it wasn't missing. Maybe it's just a big change in DNA. So the next line of humans were just so much more different. In the last line, that it it looks like there is a missing link there.
0: Oh, that yeah, that's so, a concept they don't teach you in school.
1: No, no, I thought that was kind of neat when I heard that. You know, I don't know how much of that's true, but it's you know interesting stuff to think about.
0: Yeah, definitely something to ponder.
1: So there's so much stuff that's coming out science-wise now, and the way things are changing so dramatically and stuff. And now there's even theories, and there's a lot of proof to back them up that. There's advanced civilizations going back before 12,000 years ago, and that uh, basically they got scattered. Those people, because when Earth turned to 90 degrees, you know, most of those people got wiped out, and so their technologies went away. So the another thing that we developed, you know, there's people that developed over a 12,000 year period. They had a, technologies that were as far advanced as ours, if not more, but they were developed in just such a different way that we can't hardly conceive of them. Right. And, um, and then you get wiped out and it starts all over again,
0: basically start over fresh. <laughs> yeah. Kind of neat. So super cool. Well, and but, it's uh, awesome oh. that you have Ben coming to talk at the expo. I think that's going to be a real cool thing to offer to people here in central Minnesota and Minnesota at large. Cause I know people will be traveling for this for sure. So sure. super cool that you got him on board for it.
1: Yep. Well, thanks. No, I've, I've got other great speakers coming too as well. I've got uh, Jim Cobb, though. I just got a message today saying he's having some health issues, so I'm hoping he still makes it. He's a publisher. He, he wrote a bunch of books. He's the uh, head editor-in-chief of uh, Prepper Magazine. He really knows his stuff as well. I was really looking forward to seeing him. I so, still hope we can if uh, he can recover quickly. Otherwise, i got a retired n- nurse that's a uh, hardcore prepper, and she's going to be teaching first aid and how to put Kids together and and take care of each other when things happen.
0: Well, that's just Um, a good life skill to have, too.
1: Yes. Uh, I've got another gentleman who's still kind of in the military 30 years in, almost 30 years in, and all he's done is taught survival training. So he's done every kind of survival training you could think of, mountain, desert, uh, Arctic, you name it. And he's been in every conflict country on the planet over the last years that he's been in, and uh, even in the Philippines during one of the volcanoes. So he's given a presentation each morning called The First 30 Days. And then in the afternoon, he's given one called The Next 60 Days. And he'll be doing that all three days. And he goes by Billy Stormfeather, his Native uh, American name. Interesting guy. I would not want him upset with me. I don't think so. <laughs> no, we're going to have a lot of fun. And uh, that's the big part of it. Uh, trying to do stuff for kids out there. Um, one of my vendors is bringing a, a sluice box, I think that's called, and he puts a bunch of uh, gold dust in it for the kids to mine out the oh, gold, and they get to keep it. Friend of mine is going to put on courses for basic survival training for little kids, you know, how to find shelter and start a fire and things like that. Yeah, it, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm going to be camping out there with my family, and uh, that, I've got a lot of people camping out, so. It's uh, going to be fun to hang out with everyone.
0: Yeah, for sure. It looks like you got a great list of vendors, a great <laughs> list of speakers, and a packed full schedule. So it's awesome. And I just looked at tickets. Yep. You kept the prices very affordable.
1: Yes. I'm trying to make this as big as possible as quickly as I can. I am still looking for more vendors right now. And if anybody comes in and, and helps out uh, with this first show, because it's always a gamble, I'll lock them for next year at the same price. Any newbies showing up next year for a spot, they're going to pay double. Oh, wow. Which is still cheap. And that's still cheap.
0: (laughs) You are keeping it very um, affordable. so.
1: Yep. I'm spending every dime I've got uh, to do this. I'm hoping I can break even. Next year, it's going to be three times bigger. And we're also hoping to do one in Wisconsin just with a couple of weeks after the Minnesota one.
0: Oh, really? Uh,
1: Next year. Yep. So same time, same place next year at the fairgrounds there. So can't make it this year, make it next year. But please try to come this year and make this as big a show as we can.
0: And if people are interested in finding tickets, I got the website pulled up right now go to mnprepperexpo.com there's a big orange button that says get your tickets
1: yep thank you very much
0: yeah thanks for doing this i really appreciate it i'm glad just seeing a sign on the side of highway 10 got us connected
1: yeah yeah i'm glad those signs are working great so they're doing their job (laughs) trying to spread my advertising dollars as far as i can so we're we're doing a lot of stuff on facebook my new web guy is just blasted facebook every day it's it's awesome
0: that's great
1: all right. Well, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much. And I hope you have an g- amazing expo coming up here in just a couple weeks.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Small Town Tourist Podcast. Again, if we didn't cover anything or you have extra questions about the Minnesota Prepper Expo, you can always reach out to Troy. All of his contact information is at mnprepperexpo.com. It's also in the episode notes below. Our theme song for the Small Town Tourist podcast is Queen of Our Hometown by Rachel McIntyre-Smith. You can find her online at Rachel McIntyre-Smith on all social media platforms. And you can always find her music too at rachelmcintyresmith.com and all of your favorite streaming platforms. If you're looking for more content from the Small Town Tourist, remember you can always check out the blog, thesmalltowntourist.com and follow on Instagram and Facebook at The Small Town Tourist.